Hello, and welcome to I Watch This As An Adult, the podcast where I review movies from my childhood from an adult perspective. And this week I will be reviewing 1987's Adventures in Babysitting. Hey guys, welcome to the show. I'm going to be talking about Adventures in Babysitting in a little while, but before I get into that, I gotta talk about, oh my god, I gotta talk about this Godzilla vs. Kong trailer. Uh, I just got, I'm not gonna lie, I just got finished watching it, like, again before I did this show. I've been, like, totally obsessed with this, uh, with this trailer ever since I saw it yesterday, cause I I saw it yesterday, They, they sprung it on me, man. Just like, they sprung the goddamn trailer on me out of nowhere. I was just scrolling. I was like scrolling through my uh, timeline. I was just scrolling through YouTube, I remember. uh, And I was just like, wait, there's a Kong trailer out. A Kong versus Godzilla trailer out. And I was like, gotta watch this. So I watched it and I was like, this looks so fucking dope it looks so dope i'm excited for this i'm so excited for this movie and i love godzilla but like we say i love godzilla more than i love king kong i've never really been a king kong guy never i like the, the, the old like harry harry uh the housing whatever the, whatever that nigga name i forgot the harry housing uh king kong that mother that that shit uh like i I was never a fan of that, and I was, I didn't, I wasn't a fan of any of the other King Kongs, I know there was one in 76, uh, with, uh, Jeff Bridges, uh, and, uh, what's her name, Faye Dunaway, was it Faye Dunaway, no, it wasn't Faye Dunaway, it was Jessica Lang. it was, uh, Jessica Lang and Jeff Bridges, they were in the 1976 King Kong, uh, I know, uh, they did another King Kong in, like, the, in, like, 2004, or 2005, with uh with uh Jack Black and uh Adrian Brody and uh who's that chick? She's not not was it Naomi Watts? I think it was Naomi Watts as the uh Fay Ray character. I think that was her. But um yeah, I was like not not a fan of those and I didn't really see I didn't watch all of Kung Skull Island. It looked it looks promising, but I probably gotta go back and watch that. Never been a never been a fucking King Kong fan. Like this is the first time I'm like, dude, King Kong looked dope. You know, <laughs> like, you know. Like, I remember the first. I remember the original King Kong versus Godzilla, and that looked fake as fuck. But I love it. I love how cheesy. I love how cheesy that old Godzilla Godzilla King Kong was. All the Godzilla movies were fucking cheesy, and I love them for it. Uh, and that's the problem. That's the problem with the new Godzilla movies, I've, which I've, I haven't seen those either. Uh, I haven't seen the first, uh, the 2014 Godzilla. I heard a lot of people say that shit's boring and Godzilla doesn't show up until like the fucking end. Uh, I heard Godzilla King of the Monsters is okay. I probably gotta, I probably gotta go back and watch that at least. I probably skipped the first Godzilla and watch King of the Monsters. Uh, Cause you got him, you got Ro- uh, you got Rodan, you got uh, King Ghidra, uh, King Ghidra or King Ghidorah or however you say his name. Uh, and you got, I think you got Mothra and Mothra's in there too. Uh, 
but King Ghidorah, that's my dude, man. Love me some King Ghidorah. It, he, he be shooting that fucking, he got three heads, and he be shooting that fucking lightning and shit. This shit's dope. But, uh, you know. <laughs> but, um, and Godzilla's dope too. Uh, but, yeah, they're just, uh, what was I saying? Oh, okay. <laughs> I lost my train of thought there. But yeah, man, I haven't seen those, I haven't seen any of those movies leading up to this. I probably gotta go back. I'm probably gonna go back and watch, uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters I'm probably gonna go back and watch um Kong Skull Island because I heard a lot of people say that Kong Skull Island is actually just fun I heard that I heard that movie was a lot of fun uh King of the Monsters they said that it's good when the monsters are fighting but and like yeah I'm like that was the problem I think that was the problem with the Godzilla movies man they take the Godzilla movies too fucking seriously they take it too goddamn seriously they're, it's a it's a fucking giant lizard, bro. It's a fucking giant lizard. What's serious about this? I think they think that if the actors, uh, like the, if the if the because they do that a lot, they do that a lot now with like fantasy uh, properties, with like superhero properties, monster movies, everything, everything. You know, like if the people in the movie don't take it uh, seriously. Uh, Nobody, nobody in the theater is gonna take it seriously. It was like, if it's cheesy, the people in in the theater is gonna think it's cheesy. And no, people watch Fast and the Furious movies and take that shit seriously. People watch Fast and the Furious movies, dude. Just saying, just fucking saying. And like that shit is cheesy as hell, and people fucking enjoy it. People fucking enjoy the fuck out of Fast and the Furious movies. Uh. So, like, why not take that same approach with uh, Godzilla? Just make a fun-ass Godzilla movie. And I think that's what they're going to do here. I think they're going to make, hopefully, I think they're going to make a fun-ass Godzilla movie. With the dialogue in this movie, I'm kind of, I'm a little, I'm a little skeptical. Because, like, they always got, like, these Godzilla movies have just been taken too fucking seriously. You know, the trailer helped it. The trailer helped it be fun because they had that that, that that high impulse music. Like this is like do rapping and shit, <laughs> and like this showing fucking Kong and Godzilla just going at it, just just fucking throwing bows and shit. Just it it looks dope. There's a lot of rumors. I, there's a lot of rumors. I don't know if I want to get into those rumors or not, but there's a big rumor saying that Mecha Godzilla. I, like, I can see that coming from a mile away they're saying that mecha godzilla is gonna be in here they're even saying that mecha godzilla is uh king kong's been fighting this whole time because there is a uh godzilla versus mecha godzilla where like God, they had like they thought that godzilla was trashing the city and they don't know why and uh mecha godzilla and it was godzilla it was mecha godzilla disguised as godzilla that's what it was and uh then Godzilla had to go in and like Godzilla was pretty much like you besmirch you besmirching my name nigga you out here you out here pretending to be me motherfucker ah! you know, you know <laughs> he was pretty much going off on him uh another character I'm just gonna jump into it cause there's certain characters I wanna see in here uh I would like to see Mothra uh I don't know if he killed I would like to see Mecha King Ghidorah Mecha King Ghidorah would be dope uh, I would love to see Jet Jaguar. They should they should go all, if if they want to go all in on Godzilla. If they want to go all in on Godzilla, I'm hearing a lot of rumors that this might be the last one. 
because the other ones didn't do well i think i think like king of the monsters did terribly i think i heard but um if they want to go all in man i want to see fucking jet jaguar bro <laughs> jet jaguar is my dude he's like ultraman and uh what's that dude was uh the, the superhuman samurai uh cyber squad dude who's his name <laughs> Remember that? You remember that? Sh- anybody remember that show back in the day? Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad with uh, Joey Lawrence's little brother. Yeah, like he played this. He played this uh, character. It was kind of like Ultraman. He would go into the computer, and uh, I think in Japan, I think in Japan, it's called Gridman. But like he would go into the computer and fight these monsters, and it, it was it was it was dope as shit. It was dope as fuck. And like that's what Jet Jaguar is. Jet Jaguar is kind of like that. He would like be, he would like grow, and like fight the fucking like fight the monsters with Godzilla and shit. You know, like Jet Jaguar is dope. I used to every time Jet Jaguar show up in a Godzilla movie, I was I, I sit there. I remember when I was a kid. Every time Jet Jaguar would show up in a Godzilla movie, I would just sit there and fucking watch. You don't 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 bother me for shit. <laughs> like, my parents are like, no no no, watch it Godzilla. No, you know, don't leave me alone. But uh, you know, but uh, you know, <laughs> I, would, I think I would like, I would fucking cry when I could watch Jet Jaguar. I'm like, no, I watch Jet Jaguar. But uh, <laughs> you know, Jet Jaguar is fucking dope. But uh, I love fucking Jet Jaguar. If they put Jet Jaguar in a movie, in a Godzilla movie, I'm like, take my motherfucking money, nigga. Love me some Jet Jaguar. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> Justice for Jet Jaguar. I want to see it. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of rumors saying that Mecha Godzilla. I like me some Mecha Godzilla, dude. Mecha Godzilla's kind of fucking dope. He's like Dragon Zord. Every time I look at that Dragon Zord on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, he looked like fucking uh, Mecha Godzilla to me. I was like, go like shit. That's Mecha Godzilla. You like <laughs> Dra- uh, Dragon Zord? Uh, but uh, but yeah, man, I'm I'm looking forward to this. I am looking forward to this. Can't wait. Can't wait to see Godzilla vs. Kong. I gotta watch King of the Monsters and uh, Skull Island first <laughs> before I watch before I uh, watch these. Those should be on HBO Max. I could probably just go and watch those. You know, <laughs> I got HBO Max. I can just probably go back and like just fucking watch those. I'm probably I'll probably make a day out of it. Just go watch King of the Monsters and watch Skull Island. Uh, probably come back with a mini review. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, <laughs> we'll see. Um, also watched WandaVision episode three this past weekend. I want to say I liked episode one, and I liked episode two. Those were those were good episodes. But episode three gave me a lot more fan service. Uh, then episode one and episode two, and they gave me a lot more story. Episode three, episode three is when the shit gets real, really, <laughs> because uh, you got Vision and you got um, uh, Wanda. It's her name, Wanda Vision. I'm <laughs> like Wanda. Uh, you got Vision and Wanda. Wanda gets pregnant out of nowhere, and they still do it. Like they still do the sitcom stuff. You know, they still do that. Where it's like, oh, it's a sitcom. I think they're in like the uh, 70s now. This is either like the late 60s, early 70s. I want to say this looks like from like 1968 to like 1971. 
I want to say, because everybody's got afros and mutton chops and shit, you know, so this is like from 68, this is between 68 to 71, but uh, maybe even 72, but um, yeah, yeah, but like, so they're doing like the 70s stuff, it looked like, like they were doing, they were doing Brady Bunch this time, and a um, lot more, a lot more info in this uh, episode than in episode three, than in episode one and episode two. Um, cause episode two, they did like the, they did like the whole magic shit, the magician shit. And you got like little, you got like little tidbits of what's going on. Uh, episode one, you know, like you got like one tidbit of what's going on, but this one is like, oh shit. Cause, um, like I said, Wanda gets pregnant. Uh, she has, she has her son, she has her twins, Tommy and, uh, what's my boy named Billy? Who are Wiccan and uh, Speed, her sons? Uh, if you if you read the comic, if you read uh, Marvel comics, you know that uh, Vision and Wanda have sons named uh, Tommy and Billy, and their code names are Wicked, Wiccan and Speed. And they join the Younger Avengers later on in life. Um, you know about that. Um, and uh, and Wiccan is uh, Wiccan is like kind of like one of the first openly gay superheroes because Wiccan is gay and he has a, a affair, not an affair, but he has a relationship with Hulkling, who is like a scree, who's like a Cree scrawl hybrid. They're both on the Young Avengers together. And he chose to like uh, Hulkling chose to look like the Hulk. He's a Cree slash scrawl hybrid, uh, but like they're in a they're in like a homosexual relationship together, and um, they're like the first. Well, they're not the first because I think they did that shit in the Authority. If you remember that old comic book from like the late '90s, the Authority. Uh, it was a uh, what's that character, Midnight, and uh, what's the other dude? I forgot his goddamn name. But like, they were kind of like the first openly gay superhero couple. But I guess they could be like the uh, Wiccan and Hulkling are like the first openly gay teenage superhero couple. I guess I don't know, but uh, you know. <laughs> But anyway, um, but anyway, uh, damn, that has to, that has to hurt though. Like, like Hulkling better be the bottom, <laughs> you know. Like, <laughs> Hulkling smashed that ass, you know what I'm saying? But uh, <laughs> his booty hole, wicked booty hole, gotta hurt. But anyway, I digress. But anyway, you get a lot of, uh, you get a lot more uh, information in this one. Um, Monica Rambeau shows up again as the, the fake character Geraldine. Uh, she's uh, helping Wanda with her pregnancy and stuff. They have the kids. And we get we get our first mention of Quicksilver in a long fucking time. We get our first mention of Quicksilver. We get our we get a first mention of Ultron in a while. You know, a lot of fan service because we get we get we get Speed and we get Wiccan as babies. And we get uh, a mention of Ultron. We get a mention of Quicksilver. And Monica Rambeau is starting to come to her senses of who she is. And just just watch the episode, man. It's, it's good. We get a li- we get a little bit more uh, information about what's going on at the end. We get a we get a mention of sword. I forgot about that. We get a mention of sword because Monica Rambeau is wearing a sword uh, medallion around her neck. It's wearing like a necklace. With the with the sword symbol on it, and so I don't know if like Nick Fury's involved in this, you know, with sword, 
uh, where like he's, I don't know if that's him trying to get to Wanda. That's what you hear. Like Wanda, come in, Wanda, because you keep hearing like uh, you keep hearing um, feedback, like you hear like radio feedback, and somebody saying Wanda, come in, Wanda, Wanda, can you hear me, Wanda? You know, like you know, so like I'm interested though. I'm like. I know, like, this is probably some people that's like, oh, man, this show too slow. This show is too slow. It's, they, they take it too much. They take it they, they take it too much time. I want them to get to the shit. They're getting to it slowly. There's, like, there's, like, what, five episodes to go, I want to say? Yeah, it's like, no, it's like six episodes to go. There's six episodes to go. Like, we gonna get to it. You just gotta be patient. They're doing it weekly. You gotta be patient. But, yeah. That's it. That's pretty much all I got this week. Um, I'll be back with uh, my review of Adventures in Babysitting after these messages. Alright guys, welcome back to the show. Adventures in Babysitting 1987. You know, I like to start it off how I saw it as a kid. I believe I saw this movie on HBO. I want to say I saw it on HBO. Um, I know I didn't see it in the theater because 1987, I was two years old. <laughs> so, there's no way. If, if And if I did see it in the theater, I don't fucking remember it. Uh, you know, but, but, yeah, man, this was what this, like this was one of my favorite movies growing up, man. I, I remember watching this movie a lot. Every time... Adventures in Babysitting would come on. I would just sit down and, and, and watch it. You know, uh, so there's sometimes like there's sometimes it would come on um, on regular television. It would, it would be on like we had uh, in New Orleans. We had like Channel 26 and we had uh, Channel 38 back in the day in like the uh, early 90s. <laughs> So like and like on Saturdays and Sundays they would just play like old movies, mostly 80s movies. They would play like old movies from the 80s and the 70s, you know. So like I used to watch a lot of those movies, and uh, Adventures of Babysitting was one of those movies. So like a lot of those, a lot of movies from the 80s that I'm probably going to review are gonna come from me watching them on like the like the Saturday afternoon, uh, you know, like, uh, movies from like Channel 26 or Channel 38. Uh, Sunday movies from Channel 38, you know, because like I used to sit, I used to sit there and watch those movies. It like, cause like there was like, especially on Sunday. Sunday ain't shit to do, you know. <laughs> like I'll just sit there and like watch those movies like all fucking day, you know. You know, like I and like I was like I ain't gonna lie, like I was like a, I was like a, a nerdy kid, you know. Like I I didn't have a lot of friends, you know. So. uh so like pretty much the TV was my friend, you know, like the TV was my friend and I would just sit there and just watch fucking movies all day. You know, my wife t- talks about this. My wife tells me about this shit because I told her about a commercial last night that I fucking remembered from like 1996 that probably nobody else remembers. <laughs> and she was like, you are a goddamn pop culture fucking encyclopedia. <laughs> You know, I was like, yeah, that's because I didn't have any fucking friends, you know, <laughs> and the TV was my friend. So, <laughs> so like, like what, do you, what do you fucking expect? 
But anyway, uh, yeah, but that's how I saw this movie. I pretty much saw this. I saw this movie on television. I'm thanking HBO. I think I saw this movie on HBO at the time. But anyway, let's get into the production of this movie. Um, the movie was uh, directed by uh, Chris Columbus. This is actually Chris Columbus's uh, directorial debut because before this, he was a screenwriter. He wrote uh, Gremlins. Uh, he wrote, uh, there was something else that he wrote that I forgot, but most famously he wrote Gremlins. I, uh, I remember that. Um, the movie was, uh, written by David Simpkins, who went on to write for a lot of TV. He's like, he mostly became like a, a TV writer after this. Um, the budget for this movie was $7 million. And it over-delivered at the box office by bringing in three, uh, by bringing in a $34.4 million dollars. So this movie just over delivered. <laughs> so it was a hit. It was a smash hit. Uh, 34.4 million dollars in 1987 had to be a lot of goddamn money. You know, it had to be a lot of money. So like this shit over delivered. You make 34.4 million dollars on a movie now, they, they're, they're gonna say it's a fucking bomb. You make 40 million dollars at the box office is a fucking, a fucking bomb. You better make a billion. You know, <laughs> like, like you better make a billion at the box office now. It gotta be, it, it gotta be like 90 million. If you make it, it's like 70 million, I think 70 million, 80 million, 90 million, like to a billion. That's when you like a hit. Like, uh, if you make it 34.4 million, like you ain't shit. Now, you know, like, <laughs> you ain't shit, but like it was a hit. It over delivered at the box office for 1987 times. Um, and, and that standard. Uh, it has a Rotten Tomato score of 72%, 72%, which I think is too low. I really think that's too low. Uh, I think it should at least be like an 80, 85. I mean, like, it ain't, the, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say it's the best movie of all time. I'll at least give it like an 80 to an 85, but 72% is too low. I don't know who, I don't know who's giving out these fucking ratings, you know, <laughs> I don't know who's giving out these goddamn ratings, but, like, it got a score 72, and I'm like, bullshit. But anyway, um, let's get into the cast. Uh, Elizabeth Shue was cast as the lead character, Chris Parker. But before, uh, she was cast, the studio actually wanted, uh, Molly Ringwald, uh, who was hot shit at the time. Man, was she, she was, like, one of the hottest young actresses at the time man like she was in she was in every fucking thing and this is after she got uh i think she got fired from the facts of life she was originally on the facts of life and she got fired and she went on to have like a hell of a goddamn movie career she was just popping them out she was just popping them out pretty and pink breakfast club uh 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 what's the other one 16 candles like she was popping them out you know that's a that's her big that's her big like three though like Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, and um, Sixteen Candles. Uh, those are those that's her uh, that's her big one. But like the studio wanted Molly Ringwald, most likely she was busy at the time because like I said, she was the hottest fucking actress in Hollywood. Everybody wanted Molly Ringwald, so like they couldn't get her. Uh, Valerie Bertinelli actually auditioned for the role. Also, if you don't know who Val- Valerie Bertinelli is, she's uh, Eddie Van Halen's. Uh, ex-wife she was Eddie Van Halen's wife at the time uh mother of Wolfgang yes she's the mother of Wolfgang uh <laughs> and so she auditioned for the role and she didn't get it so like that so uh Elizabeth Shue got the lead role 
uh, Keith Coogan, Anthony Rapp, Maya Bruton, Penelope Ann Miller, Bradley Woodford, Calvin Levels, George Newbern, Ron Canada, and Vincent D'Onofrio round out the rest of the cast. Uh, let's talk about this movie. Let's talk about this movie and the characters in this movie and uh, the acting performances of this movie. Shall we? Uh, first off, I want to say this is a movie that you have to watch with 80s eyes because there's a lot of there's a lot of shit in this movie like that would not fly in today's society because if you want to rip this movie down if you want to tear this movie down to its core if you want to tear this movie down to the fucking just crust of the motherfucker if you want to tear it down to the crust of the motherfucker this is basically a movie about four kids going into the inner city going into the inner city being frightened of blacks and latinos that's basically what it is like they're going into the inner city and being frightened by blacks and latinos this that's the basic premise of the whole goddamn movie uh like i said let's talk about performances uh elizabeth shoe is very middle of the road here as uh chris the babysitter but I've always thought that Elizabeth Shue has always been a very mediocre actress. Like, I've always thought that about Elizabeth Shue. I'm like, every time I see Elizabeth Shue, I'm like, she's so fucking mediocre. Sometimes, I forget that she even exists. No bullshit. No bullshit. Sometimes I forget that Elizabeth Shue fucking exists until I see her on screen. I'm like, oh yeah, Elizabeth Shue. And she's been in some fucking iconic movies she's been in some iconic movies she was in the karate kid she was in uh the back to the future movies uh there was something else she was in she was in cocktail she's in cocktail with tom cruise uh she's been nominated for an academy award uh you may know her as you may know her for the boys she's uh what's her name from the boys i forgot her goddamn name (laughs) but like the pr person she's the pr person for the boys uh, you may know her as that character because, like I said, I, I talked about the boys. I don't really watch the fucking boys. You know, I'm like, I'm. It, it's just not my thing. I'm sorry. Don't send Homelander over to shoot me out of the sky or whatever the fuck. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, man, she's been in some iconic roles, but she does not fucking stand out. Elizabeth Shue has never fucking stand stand out to me. She's never stood out. Like she looks like every other generic blonde white woman in the fucking in the fucking business. She looks like every other generic blonde white woman in the business. Like she's never she's never did something to be like, oh, I remember Elizabeth Shue. It's just like every time I see Elizabeth Shue, I'm like, oh, there's Elizabeth Shue. Okay, Hollow Man. She was in fucking Hollow Man. I love Hollow Man, and like she's kind of she's like one of the main characters in Hollow Man. I wouldn't remember, but, you know, but anyway, yeah, she's, she's just black as, uh, Chris, uh, Keith Coogan is, uh, serviceable as Brad, who, he's a young teenager who has a crush on Chris, uh, Keith Coogan is a guy that really didn't go on to do a lot that was noticeable, I mean, like, I looked up his, uh, IMDB, he's done stuff, but he hasn't done anything that stood out. Like, he's really gone on to be one of those uh, where-are-they-now actors. 
you know, which is sad because like I feel like he had a lot of promise. I feel like he had a lot of promise. I, like he's not he's not bad in this movie. He's serviceable. You know, like I could see him being like like a character actor at least. You know, one of those guys that like went on to be a character actor. You know, like a um like a who who's a good character actor? Uh like 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 a Busimi. Steve Busimi's kind of like a character actor. He could have been like Steve Buscemi, you know? <laughs> he could have been like him. Like, that guy's playing all types of fucking characters. Uh, so moving on. Uh, Anthony Rapp is hilarious. Is uh, Daryl. He's uh, Brad's best friend. And, like, he's he's your basic run-of-the-mill horny teenager, but he's funny at it. He's really funny. He has some lines in there that actually crack me up. Uh, this actor, the actor, though, he, like, he's gone on to, like, have a hell of a career as an adult. <laughs> a hell of a career like he's done a lot of tv he's done a lot of movies he's done broadway he's in rent you know like he's in rent he's one of the characters in rent uh so like he's got that claim to fame he also is the guy that uh outed kevin spacey <laughs> he's the guy that outed kevin spacey because he said kevin spacey tried to sexually assault him i believe like he said he tried to sexually assault him but yeah he's that dude so like it's an elephant in the room i gotta mention it you know i i wasn't trying to put nobody business out there but it's the elephant in the room that this is the dude that outed kevin spacey uh that ruined kevin spacey's career but it needed to be ruined because he's a fucking creep so anyway um moving on uh maya bruton uh plays sarah brad's little sister uh this is this is a little this is a young actress that i wish we could have gotten more of you know, because she is very good. She is very, very good in this movie for her age. I want to say she's like 10 years old. She's got to be 10 years old here. And she's she's like one of my favorite parts in the movie. She's my favorite. She's one of my favorite parts of the movie as a kid. I thought as I grew up that the brother would be my favorite character. Uh, Keith Coogan's character. Or even Elizabeth Shue's character would be my favorite character in this movie. But no, it's it's still Sarah. Sarah uh, is a great character. Uh, she's one of my favorite parts of this goddamn movie. Uh, and she was repping Thor before it was cool. Before Chris Hemsworth played Thor and made Thor cool. It was Sarah from Adventures in Babysitting making Thor cool and she was I was like she was repping she was repping the shit out of Thor she had the hammer you go in her room her room is just like all Thor you go in her room it's all Thor so she got Thor she got Thor posters she got Thor uh comic books she got uh uh she got like a cardboard cut out of Thor I think she got a cardboard cut out of Thor she wears the helmet she got Mjolnir I was like she was repping Thor before it was even fucking cool and like kudos to her she get my respect, but anyway, um, now, there's also a, a lot of, uh, side characters in this movie as well, uh, the kids run into a carjacker named Joe Gipp, played by Kelvin Levels, and Joe Gipp is a carjacker with a heart of gold, which I took issue with, I take issues with, uh, Joe Gipp as a black man, <laughs> me, personally, as a black man, I take issues with Joe Gipp because, I felt like Joe Gipp was like the token black character that white people could say, uh, 
all black people aren't that bad, you know? Like, they can look at him and just be like, oh, you know what? Like, yeah, he, see, he helped those kids out in adventures and babysitting. Like, all black people ain't that bad. You know, like, he was the helpful Negro. He was the magical Negro, you might say. You know, like, Joe Gibbs, he even has a magical Negro name. He even has a magical Negro name. His name is Joe Gip. <laughs> You ran into a, you ran into a nigga named Joe Gip. <laughs> you ran into him like I'm thinking about this shit right now. Like they ran into a nigga named Joe Gip who's a carjacker with a heart of gold. Get this, get this. Oh my god, I told you. I like there's a lot of shit in this movie that's problematic. It like it's shit that would not be tolerated today. You know. But uh, Joe Gipp works for like these like generic ass villains, uh, played by uh, John Chandler and Ron Canada. My man, Ron Canada. Ron Canada is a uh, very well respected character actor. Ron Canada, if you need a black cop, if you need like an old black cop or an old black judge or a, a black father that doesn't approve of his uh, girlfriend, uh, uh, not girlfriend, doesn't approve of his uh, daughter's uh, boyfriend, uh, call Ron Canada. Good old Ron Canada. Because that's what he gets typecast as. <laughs> you know, like, he's either playing a black cop, a black detective, uh, a black judge, or uh, a father that doesn't approve of his uh, daughter's boyfriend. You're like that's that's what he does. That's what he does best. He's like, what can you give my daughter? What can you offer her? You know, like that's Ron Canada. Uh, oh, he's like, you're you're you you're out of order, or whatever the fuck judges say. But you know, I've never been in a courtroom before. I got jury duty one time and I got out of it. You know, because they settled the case. So uh, I've never really been in a courtroom before. So. And I don't plan to be in one. Uh, hopefully, knock on wood. Uh, but anyway, um, I was, in a weird way, this movie is kind of a video game movie. Because the kids are, they're kind of on a quest to get back home. Because, like, the car, the, the car, uh, uh, they, they go to the city. Because originally, they go to the city to pick up Penelope Ann Miller's character because she runs away from home. That's her thing. She runs away from home. Uh, Chris is her best friend, and Chris has to go and get her. She takes the kids with her. She doesn't want to take the kids with her, but she takes the kids with her. The tire goes out. They're lost in Chicago, the inner city of Chicago, probably like the south side of Chicago, I think. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah so like it's pretty much a quest to them getting back home and they run into a lot of side characters that help them uh on their way to getting back home like i said penelope and miller's in this movie as uh chris's best friend brenda uh, like, she's really fucking annoying i'm sorry <laughs> you know like, she's so goddamn annoying but it's funny yeah, cause like she's at the train station or the bus station, and like she's running into all these people. She running into homeless people. She running into like like there was like this homeless lady that stole her glasses. Uh, there's this dude harassing people with a goddamn revolver. <laughs> like you got like a snub nose revolver in the, in the, in the bus station, and he's threatening to like fucking shoot people. 
Yeah, I know that got dark, right? Uh, and and she runs into it like she's like she got a rat. She runs into rats and all this shit. And like, it's funny. It's she's annoying, but like, the situations that she gets put in is they're fucking funny. Um, another person that's in this movie is uh Black Bradley Whitford. Uh, you may know him as the dad from Get Out. Uh, but he plays Mike, Chris's boyfriend, who looks way older than her. That was like a um. That was like a uh, a trend in the '80s, where like you had like these young girls that date uh, dudes that look like they're fucking thirty. Because I'm talking about that in just one of the guys, where like, and they gotta make them seventeen. They gotta make the girl seventeen so it's not borderline pedophilic. You know, it's not borderline statutory rape. You know, because uh, the the character from just one of the guys, she was seventeen and her boyfriend was in college. But that motherfucker looked like he was like 35. You know, <laughs> he looked more 35 than I do. Than I do. You know, I say I do. do. Uh, but uh, yeah, he looked more 35 years old than I do. You know, I, like people don't even think I'm 35. They think I'm like 25 or something. I don't, I don't get it. But um, but yeah, anyway, uh, Bradley Whitford play, plays, plays Mike. Uh, Chris's boyfriend. He's a He turns out to be a douchebag. Um... We got George Newbern in this movie. If that name doesn't sound familiar, the, uh, he is the voice of Superman now. Uh, from Justice League on, because at first uh, Tim Daly was the voice of Super- 90s Superman, but uh, George Newbern is now the voice of Superman. Uh, and he's in here. He's in this movie looking like Paul Rudd. <laughs> I dead ass, dead ass. I thought that was Paul Rudd no bullshit, I was like, is that Paul Rudd, I was, like, I was like, Paul Rudd was in this movie, I know Paul Rudd's like in his 50s, but uh, I was like, I didn't know that he was doing it this long, but it wasn't Paul Rudd, it was George Newbern, you go back and look at young, you go back and look at young George Newbern, and you're gonna think that's Paul Rudd, you're gonna think it's Paul Rudd, uh, he looks exact. he looks like Paul Rudd, has all the mannerisms of Paul Rudd, even sounds like Paul Rudd. You you would think that this was Paul Rudd, but it's not. It's George Newberg. But anyway, also, a young Vincent D'Onofrio has a cameo in this movie. He plays uh Dawson, who owns a uh he owns a um uh a, a, a mechanic. He's a mechanic. He, he's a mechanic. And uh young Sarah. Uh, mistakes uh, Dawson for Thor. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio does not look like what he looked like today. <laughs> you know, like, he was actually in shape. He had long, flowing blonde hair. Like he was a good-looking cat. Pause. Uh, he was a good-looking cat. But uh, yeah, he, he has a small cameo in this movie. Like get, he's in this movie for at least like what five minutes. He's like one scene. That's it. But overall, I I enjoyed this movie. Uh, I thought this movie was still uh, was still fun. Does it has its does it have its flaws? Yes, it has flaws. Like the whole racial thing, you know. I, I, I really can't get over that. I can't get over the whole race thing. But like it's pretty much like kids that are afraid of black and Latinos. That's pretty much what this movie is. Like you break it down to the crust. Like they're running around the city, afraid of blacks and Latinos. There's this like really, there's these two really corny ass gangs 
They're like, say, brother, you you about to get you about to get fucked up by the lords of the underground or whatever the fuck, you know? <laughs> and I was like, dude, this is so fucking cringe. It's so cringe. I hate it. it it's like, oh god. But um, and then like. Uh, the uh, Chris gets involved. And he's like, "Hey, you don't fuck with the babysitter," and like all of a sudden, these like hard hearted gangsters back off because a little white lady is in their face. <laughs> what the fuck? But anyway, um, oh yeah, one, one, one other thing. Uh, I found out that there was a remake of this movie in 2016. Uh, uh, I heard that they were trying to remake this since 2012. They had a uh, Raven attached. Then they had uh, Miley Cyrus attached. Uh, so they've been trying to do it for a while. But they finally got it done in 2016 with a whole new cast and none of the characters from the 80s version. Like, it had nothing to do. It's not even like a, a follow-up to the 87 movie. Uh, like, the, none of the characters in there. Nothing. It's just a whole new Adventures in Babysitting. It's like nothing to do with the original one like none of the characters are in there nothing uh and i hate this i hate when hollywood does this i really do i hate when hollywood they take a property from the 80s and like they just they just make it like a whole entire story because what they do is they have a script people write scripts they have a script and they're not very confident in the script they're not very confident in the script so they slap like a proven commodities name on it like adventures in babysitting jim and the holograms uh uh um the craft you know <laughs> uh, ghostbusters you know <laughs> like, they do shit like that and it was like oh you want to go see it and everybody's like nah i ain't gonna see that trash because this ain't got nothing to do with the 80s version <laughs> this ain't got nothing to do with the previous version you know and they try to throw what they try to do they try to throw in a little fan service you know they try to throw in a little fucking fan service so you'd be like oh i know that oh there's it's not that bad they threw in this from the original you know but it's nah it's just you don't have you don't have faith in the goddamn script you wrote uh, and you want to slap a name on there so people will go and fucking see it. And it fails every fucking time. They did this with the craft recently. It fails every fucking time. You know, like, like nobody went to go see that craft movie. A lot of people say that craft movie is fucking god awful. It should never have been made. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it should never have been fucking made. It's like, have confidence, have faith that something's going to work. But everybody wants franchise. Everybody wants franchises. It's not even about actors anymore. It's not even about stories anymore. It's about franchise. Can we make a franchise out of it? Can this be a franchise? Can we bring this back and reboot it and reboot it into another franchise? You know, bullshit. It's all fucking bullshit. And I'm going to step off my soapbox right now. Uh, Still enjoy the movie, by the way still enjoyed the movie i'm gonna give it a four out of five next week i'm a little torn about what i want to review because i got don't tell mom the babysitter's dead on the docket 
But I also want to watch Spice World. For some reason. Uh, I'll probably I'll probably put up a poll. I'm probably yeah, I'm probably gonna put up a poll on my uh, Facebook and on my Instagram. Follow me on Instagram and I watch this as an adult. So you can pick out of the two. I'm doing I usually do viewers choice in September, but I'm torn between these two movies. I wanna do Spice World, but I also wanna do Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. But I also did Another babysitter movie with Keith Coog. Keith Coog is in both these babysitter movies. You know, <laughs> he's in Adventures in Babysitting and he's in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. <laughs> you know, so like I'm confused. I I don't want to do two back to back babysitter movies with Keith Coog in them. So, and if I could find Spice World, I'll do Spice World. So it's up in the air. It's up in the air this week because I really want to do Spice World now because I don't want to. I don't want to do the same thing back to back like cause it's pretty much kind of like the same fucking movie but yeah I think I'm gonna do Spice World if I can find Spice World we're doing Spice World if I can't I'm doing Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead so just be on the lookout catch you guys later peace